0: The idea is that you should, in your own mind, feel like it's a requirement that you need to uphold your oath, and upholding your oath, part of that is a requirement to be fit for duty. Enchanted Sky Media.
1: From the Federal Resources Studio, this is Code 3. The Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist, Scott Ward. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service, just like you, from coast to coast. A few years back, the NFPA said that just 27% of fire departments had a basic firefighter fitness and health program, and that was down from 30% in 2010. My guest today says the time has come for the fire service to prioritize the health and wellness of its firefighters on a national level. It's time to stop talking about how important fitness is and start doing something about it. Here to explain why is Dan Kerrigan. Dan is a 32-year veteran of the fire service. He's chief fire marshal and department fitness coordinator for the East Whiteland Township Fire Department in Pennsylvania. He's co-author of the best-selling book, Firefighter Functional Fitness, and an
0: international
1: speaker on firefighter health and wellness. And Dan Kerrigan, welcome to Code 3.
0: Thanks, I appreciate you having me. It's a pleasure and an honor.
1: It seems to me that working out is a routine thing for firefighters, isn't it?
0: I would like to be able to say yes to that, but that would be difficult for me to quantify knowing how many fire departments are in this country and uh, over a million firefighters. You would think that firefighters would make it a personal priority and a commitment to do so, but I don't know that everybody's doing it.
1: So why is it such a battle? Why do we see all the memes on Facebook telling firefighters they need to be in better shape? Isn't this something that they ought to wanna do on their own?
0: My opinion is I, I would I would think they would. I think you have to look at it from a couple of different perspectives. Number one being it's on a lot of different levels, so it's it's a personal attitude, it's a it's a company officer and company level attitude and then also the attitude that your actual chief executive officers need to have as well so in theory it makes sense that you would want your firefighters to be in the best shape they could be and as you take the oath that you'd want that to be the case personally but you know there are any number of reasons why maybe we're not we're not hitting the mark in certain areas
1: give me some examples of some of those reasons if you would
0: well, I, I think ultimately it comes back to the, the fact that the United States in, it, it does not really have a, a mandate, if you will, or a requirement for firefighter health and wellness in terms of annual you know occupational, medical, physical, annual fitness assessments, regular ongoing exercise, and so forth. There's nothing other than standards that we have that are very good, I might add. There's nothing other than standards to project that, right? It's 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 still up to the individual firefighter. It's still up to the individual organization to take what's been given and implement it. So I, I don't necessarily give examples as much as I would. Unfortunately, say there are a lot of excuses out there. Uh, some of them are personal. Some of them are, you know, go back to finances, and some of them go back to difficult labor management relationships. There's any number of reasons why from organization to organization, we may not be doing as good as we can. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of departments out there that are are doing very well. And there are a lot more departments and individual firefighters that are learning and understanding and starting to make this a priority. I just think we still have a, you know, a lot of work to do to make it Commonplace and normal in the American fire service.
1: When firefighters go through the academy, they have to meet the requirements of the CPAT. So why haven't we been able to mandate these requirements after they get on board?
0: Well, I would I would offer that that's not necessarily even a, a true statement, and I say that because depending on where you're from, what environment you are subject to, there may or may not even be a requirement to pass a basic physical agility assessment.
1: Are you saying to me that there are people passing academies that aren't meeting a basic physical requirement?
0: I would say so. I I mean, like I said before, it comes back to the individual fire department and what they're going to require of their candidates. It comes back to local, regional, state fire academies. It comes back to a lot of different entities, if you will, to establish what their minimum requirements are going to be. And not every fire department, unfortunately, establishes a basic fitness level as a minimum requirement for hire or for volunteering. I don't draw a distinction between volunteers and career firefighters. I just, I look at firefighters as firefighters as professionals, regardless of whether they get paid or not. So in my eyes, the requirements ought to be the same, whatever they are. But the reality is, no. It still falls back on individual fire departments, organizations, training centers, and so forth.
1: I'll be back with more right after this. When that call comes in and you rush to head out, the last thing you're thinking about is your safety. But your safety is all Federal Resources thinks about. At Federal Resources, we work to make sure that every responder is equipped... Trained and ready to come home safely. You look out for everyone else. Let us look out for you. Learn more at federalresources.com. So, then, are you saying that departments that don't require this are afraid that they won't have enough people on board if they do? I mean, why else? What other reason would there be to not require physical fitness?
0: I've heard that as as, as a reason. and I'm, I'm not going to go so far as to say that is the only reason. Again, it would be difficult for me to, to characterize or lump all the fire departments in this country together, and that wouldn't be fair to do so. But I, I know that from my talks and travels and so forth that there definitely is you know, I'm assuming you're speaking on the volunteer side of things. There definitely is a concern that, you know, implementing more and more requirements on volunteer firefighters just gives more reason or not so, necessarily not so reason, but gives more uh, emphasis on, on losing volunteers because they just can't commit to the training and the time and, the, and now, uh, you know, medical requirements, physicals and so forth. Uh, so yeah, I mean I've heard that as a reason, uh, but it's certainly not the only reason.
1: Well, is that a fair reason? And by that, what I mean is, is this a case of we'd rather have five fit volunteers than ten that are in various shapes of disrepair? I,
0: if you're asking me my opinion, I, I would say, if I were fire chief of the X Y Z Fire Department, I probably would lean that way. Uh, but it's it's not. It's not something you can just can and say, that's the only thing that we're talking about here. I mean, there's training, there's uh, time commitments, there's staffing issues and so forth that also come into play. So having, you know, fit and healthy firefighters is one thing, but also having them available to to handle the emergencies is another. So you kind of have to add the two together, I think, if you're trying to develop a strategy to improve your department. But yeah, I mean, off. Off the top of my head, I would say I would rather have a few less firefighters, but that are fit, healthy to do the job than a lot of firefighters that may not be.
1: Now, you're an advocate, as I understand it, of a national standard for fitness. Is that true?
0: I'm an advocate of annual firefighter physicals that are compliant and with the NFPA standard 1582. Uh, I think that's the base. Based building block of any health and wellness program for firefighters. It's research-backed, it's evidence-based, and it, it's needed probably even more so. I know it's going to sound funny me saying this, but it's really needed even more so than, than fitness, if you will, to get things started. If you have no program whatsoever, then the first thing we ought to do is get our people to the doctor and have them evaluated correctly so that we can identify issues. Before they get to the point where it's too late, and that, so I would say I'm an advocate of that first, and absolutely then an advocate of uh, implementing a regular fitness program within your department that's essentially required but not punitive, if uh, if you understand what I mean.
1: Actually, I'm not sure that I do. I understand required, but if you don't meet the standards, then what would you have them do?
0: Sure. Well, so and and those it's written in some of the standards that we that we do try to use that if you don't meet minimum requirements in a given area then what we do is we fall back on counseling education additional training anything we can do to help the firefighter that's missing a mark in a certain area get get to that mark it's not it's not meant to be punitive it's not meant to be used as necessarily a, a means to to remove somebody from service unless medically and, and physically speaking, that's the only last resort alternative. So what I mean by non-punitive is I mean we should all, it's it should be looked at as a benefit, a tangible benefit of employment or volunteering with with your organization. And we should be there to help and guide you and provide the resources for you to get better and to improve, not use it against you.
1: Which makes sense, given that what we're trying to do here is keep people from being a line of duty death that's not from a fire.
0: Absolutely.
1: There have been too many cardiovascular incidents. The thing is, I'm surprised that firefighters are not recognizing this on
0: their own yet. Why is that? Well, I, I don't know that they're not anymore. Uh, I think if you if you went back five, seven, eight, even ten years, That might be a a more accurate statement, but I'd like to believe that because of the approach that people like myself and my colleagues on the safety, health, and survival section and and my partner, and, and there's a lot of people out there right now that have dedicated a lot of time and effort in not just promoting health and wellness, but providing the tools and the resources to be able to get that done. And I think every day, more and more individual firefighters are buying into that, and they're taking it upon themselves and not waiting for their organization to do it for them. It's not something we're going to change overnight. It's a legacy type of a situation, if you will. Um, But I think that by focusing at least some of our attention on the individual firefighter, the hope is that 5, 10, 15 years down the road, those individual firefighters that buy into we're working towards instilling that, that new kind of approach into an existing culture, if you will. So infusing new ideas and, and, and so forth into an existing fire service culture that doesn't necessarily need to be changed 100%. We just need to plug in new ways of doing things where there's going to be more benefit
1: and it sounds like building a new culture is exactly what's required so that they feel like that's something they should want to do on their own
0: it all it all starts with the individual firefighter's attitude right you know if you if you've looked at our book or if you've listened to us speak or any of my colleagues for that for that matter the idea is that you should in your own mind feel like it's a requirement that you need to uphold your oath and upholding your oath Part of that is a requirement to be fit for duty. Because honestly, we believe that your your physical body, your being, can can do just about anything, but it's it's really your mind that you have to convince first. So getting over that attitude hump is is first and foremost. Then holding yourself accountable on a personal level and being the example by showing others what you're doing, that would be the next step, that accountability. And then obviously the last step is just taking action on it rather than just agreeing about it.
1: Sounds good. All right, Dan Carrigan, thanks for talking with us today on Code 3.
0: I really appreciate the opportunity, and uh, I love what you're doing, and uh, the honor was mine.
1: And we put some more information about the need for firefighter fitness on our website at code3podcast.com slash priorities. Check it out. Now, here comes your trivia question. What is the practical flow limit for an inch and three-quarter line that will maintain a reaction force in the range of 45 to 75 pounds? I'll have the answer right after this.
0: Notice that Scott always tells you that you can get a guest's book at our website, Code3Podcast.com? That's because we have links to order their books from Amazon on the episode's show notes pages. It makes it easy for you to get the books and it helps support Code3. When you buy Amazon through our website, we get a small cut too, and it doesn't cost you any more to order through us. Plus, there are other firefighter related products there too. Take a look at Code3Podcast.com.
1: Here's the trivia answer. The practical flow limit for an inch and three-quarter hose that will maintain a reaction force in the range of 45 to 75 pounds is 200 gallons per minute. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. I'd love to hear what you think of the show. Just email me, scott at code 3 com. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is made possible through the generous support of Federal Resources. Visit them at federalresources.com. This show is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to code3podcast.com.